Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Hemel Javeri. We're taking it old school today, and my guest is Ted Berg. Hi Ted, what's up? Hi Hemel, I'm chillin', how are you? So, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you'd know that Ted used to be the host of the podcast. Twice um, previously, we... actually. If you, were, if you were a completist, you will know that I was one of the original hosts of the podcast, then muscled off, then came back, and then muscled off again. So Ted's officially been kicked off the podcast twice. I have a good attitude about it. <laughs> yeah, he has a good attitude about it, and he never brings it up. But we're taking it old school, and Ted and I, when we host a podcast, we did a Q&A session so we've got a lot of reader questions to answer today, and there's some really good fun ones. There are. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I think that after a while, we kind of got into a rut with this, and we kept kind of getting the same questions, but today we've got some really good ones. So. We got some some repeat ones, too. Like, can we just, like, can I just say quickly? Yeah. And no offense to Brian Minter, but yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> a calzone is not a sandwich. A hamburger is definitely a sandwich, and pizza is not a sandwich. <laughs> So Brian is actually a really good friend of mine, and I know that he's partly asking the question because I have complained about doing this thing where we ask for questions, and invariably somebody always asks, "Is a hot dog a sandwich?" Um, okay, so so it was like an inch. He was so he wasn't asking it earnestly. He wasn't he was asking, asking it earnestly. Yes. All right, then then I then I support this. Well, but then what was the part? Because then you followed up. We're we're getting away from the questions. You were now we're in your in jokes with your friends. But you followed up saying the real question should be: Should Hamill watch The Wire? Uh, what's the story behind that? So the story behind that is that Brian and I actually have been debating doing a podcast. Just me and him, um, not related to work. And he keeps trying to convince me to watch The Wire so that we can do a podcast about The Wire. And I've been pushing it off because I'm too scared to make the emotional investment in The Wire. You should absolutely do that. And you should do the podcast like him as knowledgeable Wire guy and you watching it through. Because it's. I would be interested now to like see, I would be interested in listening to your perceptions of it while watching it now for the first time. Because it's so like... I don't, to me, it's like such a canonical work of television that I've kind of like, I'm like four steps down the road with everything that happens in The Wire. So it'd be interesting just to watch someone watch it for the first time. That's his point exactly. He says that, you know, he's the guy that's seen it, so he really wants to talk about it with somebody who might be watching it and processing it for the first time. So uh, I'll let And it's know. also funny because I watched it, I watched a couple of seasons of it again recently. It's also one of these things where, like, it was all very, very, like, up-to-date and accurate, obviously, when it aired, and now you're like, oh, well, none of this would have happened if they just had cell phones. But, you know, and it's like, it's crazy that something that ended in 2008 could already seem so completely dated in so many ways, but it really is. Like, that's just, like, technology has just obviously changed the world so much since then. All right, let's get to the first question. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick, and it's from our good friend, former co-worker, and actually former host of the podcast, Luke Curtinine. And he wants to know, if Ted had to give up one for the rest of his life, which would it be? Anything to do with sandwiches or anything to do with baseball? I have gotten this question before, and it is pretty easy for me. Wow. It, I would, I, look, I wouldn't, I would be 
begrudgingly have to give up one of these things. It's not like I'm eager to give up sandwiches, but I would definitely give up sandwiches before I gave up baseball because as far as I'm concerned, there are, there are many other good foods. Uh, it would be very inconvenient to give up sa- sandwiches, but you could do it where baseball is really like the only sport I like very much. So that would be like, I don't know, I just, I spend a whole lot more of my life um, interacting with baseball than I do sandwiches. Yeah, and Luke also wanted me to make sure that everybody knew that we're not going to let you weasel your way out of it in te- for technicality. So, no, no, no technicalities. Yeah. I, I would, I would not eat or write about sandwiches if i don't know what scenario this is where someone's like you have to pick one right like what's sophie's choice for ted but if it came down to it i would give up sandwiches i and it's no disrespect to sandwiches which are wonderful but like you people there are people who don't eat sandwiches right like a lot of people don't eat bread period i could get i could get by and i guess maybe somewhere out there there are people who don't like baseball but like all my friends, that's like what we talk about, right? Like my most of my social experiences at this point, outside of those I have with my family, are through baseball, either through playing it or watching it or just talking about it. So like my whole life would be way different without baseball than it would be without, without sandwiches. Honestly, that's a little weird. Like you just talk about baseball with your friends? No, we don't just talk about baseball, but it's like the... I don't know. I mean, so like... I mean... It's not like I have that many friends, for one thing, right? So the people I hang out with now are mostly people I play baseball with. So, and for the most part, like most of my socializing really is like at or after my weekly baseball game. Like other than that, I'm here working and and hanging out with my family. So yeah, so like my whole social life is sort of filtered through baseball. That's super weird because uh, it... it... Was that weird? I don't know, because I think that normal adults have friendships in a lot of different ways and circles. Yeah, but do you really hang out with them? Like, I have people I would call my friends and that I I like and would happily hang out with, but the baseball game is, like, the one regularly scheduled social thing I do. And so, as such, it becomes, like, really the only social thing I do because all the other friends that I would like to see more often, I just really don't get a chance to see all that often. Well, I figure that when people get married and have kids, you really, so much of your time gets taken away that you can't casually hang out like you used to. Yeah, not at all. I mean, yeah. you go, like, I, I go to trivia, but, like, I, I go play trivia with guys I'm friends with from baseball. So, again, there's, like, a baseball connection there. Um, and then, like, otherwise, like, my friends live around the country. I got a baby at home. I want to spend time with them if I'm... Like, and it just the way that it works out timing wise and like how much of a demand on your time having a kid is like the truth is I just I I don't really have a ton of friends I see regularly, nor do I aspire to have any more friends, which is a weird thing. But like at some point you're just like, no, I too many friends. I have enough friends. There are too many people I already like and don't hang out with for me to want to meet new people that I need to like find time to see. I, I think meeting new people is overrated in general. I'm definitely... Who even cares? Yeah. They all are the same. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. So no new friends. I agree with you on that one. Okay. Have you ever seen someone try to make friends with you? Like, in adulthood? Yeah. <laughs> like, look, look, I appreciate it. 
I don't want to be your friend. I've had I've had women try to have dinner with me or like just meet up for drinks, and they're so sweet and they're so nice, and nothing annoys me more than somebody that wants to spend time with me. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um. All right. Note to note to our our listeners: never try to hang out with us because we suck. All right. The next question is from also somebody we used to work with, Jesse. What are your top five shows that should never get rebooted? Top five seems ambitious. Yeah, top five is kind of ambitious. Um, so I, I think, like, all shows would be one thing I have. It's like, I, I don't understand why we need to keep doing this. I get that it's, like, a, it's obviously a market-driven thing, and people have so much, like, nostalgia for this stuff that they would just keep going back and, and watching the new versions of all these dumb old things. But, I don't know, I feel like most of my favorite TV shows, and uh, I mean, if we're talking about TV shows, but like also movies are like very much of their time and place. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think about like Arrested Development, which is a show they have brought back and which I have enjoyed the fourth and fifth seasons, uh, you know, probably more than a lot of people did because I I don't think those were anywhere near as good as the first three seasons. But the first three seasons were so perfectly of the moment of like post 9 11 America and, and, you know, like all the all so many of these different themes that were sort of running along in the background and making that show so funny that like it never really and like now it's almost too on the nose because Trump is the president and like he is a, a real estate developer or just like these people or whatever you know but but I don't know it was just so much of like 2002 and to 2005 or whatever it was that I, I don't like I didn't need more of that and and a lot of times I feel like. Um, extending series even when there's demand for it sort of cheapens the like artistic merits of the original so i totally agree with you on on all of it i think there are a lot of shows that have seen revivals like the x-files like after a decade or something of being off the air and it came back absolutely weaker than it was before same thing with gilmore girls which was a huge favorite of mine um and i couldn't even stand to watch the new episodes on netflix but my question is, is that the same thing as a reboot? Like, no, I think, so I think that bringing back the same show is probably, yeah, and I'm, so, and I said Arrested Development, that's just very much the same show. I think it's different than a reboot. Yeah, so they're talking about bringing back Veronica Mars, and uh, that's what really kind of got me with a new With a new Veronica Mars. No, actually with the same Veronica Mars. Like, they're just kind of doing, like, a revival, like, I don't know, she joins the FBI or something like that, but with who, the original. Why, who was in charge of coming up with new shows? I feel like, <laughs> give me, like, a half hour, and I can come up with 20 good ideas for new shows that would be just as credible as the old shows they're bringing back. I, you know what I think? It's just it's, not that hard. If you have good writers and good good characters and a good cast, you can carry a lot of like sort of lousy premises yeah. that you need to be bringing back Veronica Mars. Yeah. I, I think that what really drives me crazy is that one, people are so mired in nostalgia, they can't let go and accept that things end, right? That officially everything has to end and two the people in charge of making these shows now kind of grew up with these shows like what we're talking about x-files gilmore girls veronica mars and they're like oh wouldn't it be super cool if we could just do like one two-hour movie um that is what's annoying so i think also probably a lot of a lot of it is like there's just so much room for like exploration in tv now and so it's like 
man, if we could have only made Veronica Mars today, think of all the cool stuff we'd be able to do. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's part of it too. But again, like, just stop. Just stop. Come up with, I don't even know the premise of Veronica Mars. I'm sure you could do another one. I'm sure you could do, like, hey, why don't we do the same show and Loki give it a different name and no one will even notice, right? And you yeah. can just, like, you don't have to say it's Veronica Mars. So have you, um, did you used to watch Charmed? That, that show about, like, witches? No. Okay. But it had, did that have Shannon Doherty in it? Yeah, it had Shannon Doherty in it. Okay, I remember that, but so, I didn't, never saw that show. So they're doing a Charmed reboot, but it but it kind of twists everything around. And I think that's what you mean by a reboot. It's like taking kind of the same concept, but then switching it around so it's different. That, to me, is a reboot. Um, or, well, like, or like uh, the new Blade Runner movie, right? Like yeah. they made a new first Blade Runner, but I guess it was, I don't know. Uh, they they did like a new Judge Dread, right? They, yeah. Right? There's like these movies where it's like, oh, we're gonna kind of pretend that first movie didn't happen and do like, here's our nowadays version of that movie. I feel like it happens with, with movies like way more often than it does with TV shows, maybe. Yeah. One TV show that I think they should never reboot is uh, Dukes of Hazard, which I understand now has aged incredibly poorly. <laughs> Because you don't think that the guys should be riding around with a giant Confederate flag on their car anymore? Because I think it would be super, super racist and problematic. But as a kid, I remember really loving that show. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Oh, it's so not woke of you. I know. I was not a very woke eight-year-old when we first came to America. Um, I, I feel like, oh, you know what, one reboot I am, I will, I will slip the switch and say one reboot I am in favor of is that apparently they're bringing back ALF. Oh yeah, that's it. And like, I am just, I have always found ALF funny. I found ALF funny when I was a kid. I found ALF funny, like every time ALF showed up in like a very, in like weird commercials and like surreal life type things. Yeah. I found ALF funny. I think ALF is funny. I think ALF is sort of like transcendently funny character and I would always welcome ALF back. Uh, one show they should never reboot is The Golden Girls. I don't think you could ever reboot that because it's just phenomenal and it's aged so well. And one show that they should reboot, Small Wonder. Do you remember that show about a little girl? I do girl? remember Small Wonder. Yeah, I remember she's a small wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I that I guess they could reboot that. That's so old. It's I know, but um, I think it could do old. it could do so well now because AI is totally a thing. Like you can make uh, it super weird and dark. I haven't answered the question though. I'm trying to think of a show that absolutely shouldn't get rebooted. Um, um and so I'm trying to like di- like because so many of my favorite shows are fairly recent, so it's like no one's going to reboot Breaking Bad, right? Like, that's yeah. not going to happen because it just, the show just ended. Um, same for, like, even, like, Lost, which, like, I would almost like a Lost reboot if they're like, no, this time we have a plan, watch it again. I would be 100% on board, but I wouldn't believe them if it was the same people making it because fool me once, etc. Um, so let me try to think back. I'm trying to think of, go to the next question, and okay. we will back and i will tell you a show that i loved and do not think should be rebooted okay i'm gonna go on the record and say golden girls dukes of hazard don't don't mess with those classics um the next question that we have oh oh, Oh. i got one welcome back cotter which was a show that i i wasn't alive for like its original air but i enjoyed in reruns like a whole lot but really like all of the jokes 
we're just like the various racial stereotypes. <laughs> oh, yeah. so like we have the Jewish guy, we have the Italian guy, we have the black guy, and like these are our jokes about the Italian guy or about him being Italian, and our jokes about the Jewish guy or about him being Jewish, and that's it. And so they should not make that show again. Okay, I agree with you. I think that's a good one. All right, the next question is from Padres Geekster. She says, do you understand why old schoolers like me are finding it boring and yearn for situational play? Or do older fans like me need to die off and leave the game to your generation? Well, no. Obviously, <laughs> well, obviously no, yeah. Um, as for the first part, so so the background, Hemel, is uh, baseball in 2018 sees far fewer balls in play than ever before. There's a lot of strikeouts and there's a lot of home runs. Uh, there's still a lot of walks, not quite uh, at the same rate as, as those two outcomes. Uh, and there's sort of, and you know, infield shifting has become so prevalent that a, a guy hitting a hard ground ball uh, isn't, as meaningful as it once was because it's more likely to just be a ground out and it's it's not as common and so the criticism uh which i understand is that you know you, you don't see a whole ton of action right most of the action is happening between the pitcher and the hitter and in terms of the the whole field uh it's it's a lot less action mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot less opportunity for great defensive plays or hilarious base running blunders or you know any number of strange random things that that happen when a ball is put in play and loose and and so uh there has been uh less i mean it just it just all happens less you know and and i i think so so i am a defender of the current style of play but not for that reason and i think that's the important distinction is that why i defend the current style of play is that i think it is reflective of the talent in the league just being far, far better than it ever has been before. And so uh, guys hit home runs more often because that's the best thing you can do. And, and these guys are stronger. And so when they, when they connect with the ball as well as they can, it's going to go out of the park and guys strike out more often, not because hitters don't know what they're doing, but because the pitchers have gotten exponentially better. They throw harder. They have uh, better arsenals. They're being used better by their teams. And so they are more apt to strike out their opponents. They're not trying to pitch nine innings in a game anymore. And so uh, they are throwing their hardest every time rather than pacing themselves they're all changes that have been made because teams realized it was better for winning baseball games and so what has happened in the last few seasons that has seen the action drop so much has happened so fast Mm -hmm. that people want to jump in and say stop this okay eliminate uh shifts and or uh you know change the pitcher's mound change the strike zone do something to end this or to, to sort of artificially stop this and and go back to the old way and so my case isn't that the current way is better because i do like on field action uh, my defense of it is that i do think it is um more conducive to television which is where major league baseball gets a lot of its money anyway to just watch the pitter pitcher batter matchup as the most important part of it um and so i think it's uh, there's a big disconnect between people who are at the games and people who are watching the games 
But more than anything, I think it's the type of thing that's going to work itself out. And I would rather give it a year or two or three or five to work itself out, knowing that baseball is going to survive, just to see what happens. Because I, I think uh, it's it's silly to me to say, like, these things you've learned to give yourself a competitive advantage, you're not allowed to do that anymore. I think as you see more and more teams shift, what you're going to get in response is hitters who can use the whole field and can put the ball in play and don't strike out. And so uh, in the natural sort of ebb and flow of baseball, I feel like it will eventually come back the other way. I think that similarly in hockey, hockey got really defensive for a while. Um and then you just had to make it faster and get more goals scored with with faster forwards. Uh, and it just kind of it worked itself out, basically, where a lot of teams yeah. went from playing defensive hockey to now you have tons of forwards that score really fast and a lot of two way defensemen. And it's fun. And it's super fun. And I think there's like there's like I feel like part of our current media culture is that there's always needs to be. There always needs to be on like some sort of definitive conclusion, like, okay, here's the issue, and so here's what I'm saying we need to do. And so, you know, you get a lot of people saying, well, here's with all these things that bother me about baseball now. I mean, I don't know if it's ever been different, but you can say that and not have to say, like, oh, and that means we need to have a sweeping overhaul of the rules, right? Like, I think it's okay to say you don't like it, where I uh, get a little bit frustrated is when people are like okay and so this means everything needs to change right because and because i don't i don't think that's in the spirit of competition and so like i i think that a lot of it what's happening now is like there's this sort of knee-jerk reaction to everything that happens there's there's a lot more home runs that means there's too many home runs they need to change that there's a lot more strikeouts oh no that's too many strikeouts we need to change it where like the story of baseball over time is like of constant, constant change and growth and just new trends and new abilities. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just, that's part of what I love about baseball. And so I just kind of want to see it play out. All right. I think that's fair, fair response. We have one more baseball related question, but before we get to that, I thought of one more thing that has been rebooted that never should have been rebooted. Um, And that's the new version of Point Break, that new Point Break movie that came out a couple of years ago. Oh, God, I forgot they made a new Point Break movie. Uh, I blocked that successfully. I didn't see it. Did you see it? I totally saw it. And it was I the, the, the least kind thing that I can say. The nicest thing I can say about it is that it was uh, the worst movie I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> um... Yeah. All right. So the next question about baseball, what are the best players' weekend nicknames out of all of the nicknames that were chosen? Uh, so the one I'm immediately drawn to, and I don't know the backstory of it, but I know it was his, his nickname last year as well, is uh, Felipe Vasquez, formerly Felipe Rivero of the Pirates, has Nightmare. And I just think that's such a badass nickname. Like when I, in fact, uh, when I coached JV football, the smallest kid on the team. I nicknamed Nightmare because I thought it would be cool for us to have a kid nicknamed Nightmare to make the other t- the kids on the team curious about why this tiny little kid had that nickname. I think that's pretty great. I think uh, the guy with the emojis is probably my favorite. Well, because it's a box and a burger. Yeah. It's a burger. That's pretty good. Um, there's a bunch of good ones. Uh, Joey Votto's is <coughs> – excuse me – is – 
In Flanders Fields, which is a reference to a World War One poem. Yeah. So, like, what is the backstory there? And, like, Joey Votto's an interesting dude. I'm sure it's a funny backstory um, and that he will be, like, weirdly cagey about revealing. But that, like, just, I like anyone who goes, basically, I would say I support anyone who's nickname is not an extremely boring play on their own name like if your last name is wood and it says woody that's lame right yeah. and if you're like if you're xander bogards and it's bogey that's lame right if yeah. you have that's your lame. own name a bunch of guys have their own name on it and like <laughs> just their regular name like that that sucks and like sometimes i think in some cases it was like they weren't there the day they had to submit it and things like that happened like you know you can't you can't blame every single guy but like i don't know this is it's such a cool opportunity to me to like you you are so rarely presented with the opportunity to nickname yourself really i don't think you should be allowed to do that but they're saying it's okay in this situation so run with it right and so like last year i i made a list of just like good nicknames that no one uses um and i would like to like like i think i said today i wrote about it like paul goldschmidt should be the lovesick matador (laughs) i don't know why i don't know why that applies to him but it's better than goldie yo that's way better than goldie i think if he was just like if it just said lovesick matador on the back of his jersey and he didn't explain why you are a legend then (laughs) There's somebody here whose nickname is Underpants. I think well, that's, that's... Hunter, Hunter Pence because it sounds like Underpants. I think that's pretty good. I think that's. that's I like yeah. that. I'm for that. I like that. Um, part of the challenge is that obviously you can't give yourself a good nickname, so you've really got to earn a good nickname. Um, the other part of this question was whether or not other leagues should adopt like the Players Weekend nickname format. Um, and I feel like if you did it with hockey, you would just get a lot of like nicknames that end in Y, you know, I mean, that's the same with baseball. Exactly. Um, I will also say to players defense that, uh, they had to submit these extremely early in the season. I found this out. I was writing about the Rays and talking to some guys from the Rays team. And so they're now using certain relievers as, as the opener, they're calling it. And one guy who's been most frequently the opener was like, yeah, too bad we had to submit the jersey before we started doing this because I would have loved to have the opener. So yeah. like that's Ryan Stanick, and he's on there as Stanny, which I would say is not a great one. But he had a good one, the opener, and it was just that they made him submit it so early that that he didn't like have an opportunity to grow into it. And I think, <coughs> excuse me, in like baseball culture, there is a lot of this like you have to earn it type things, and yeah. so a lot of these guys are submitting it when they've got like three weeks in the majors. Do you have a nickname <laughs> that you would put on your jersey? Um, I would make one up. I would. I have never had like a cool nickname, so I would just. Uh, yeah, I mean. So in Little League Baseball, do you remember the, 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 uh, there was a toy, it was like a monster truck, and there's a commercial called The the Animal, it was like a, a monster truck that rolled over anything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it had this like very catchy jingle, and in Little League that was, I, I, um, <laughs> embarrassingly enough, I 
uh, like sort of blew up a catcher at home plate on, on a play in like fourth grade. And it earned me the nickname, the animal from my teammates. And so they would sing that song when I would come up to plate. So that was like kind of cool. I wouldn't go with that now though, because I feel like I would come up with something better. Uh, let me look at my list. Let me look at my list of 27 names that people should have used for players. One of my greatest missions in life is to have a really cool nickname. And I've tried to give myself a nickname and none of them really stick unless it's for ironic purposes. Well, like, so you're not going to be Hembo Slice. I'm not going to be Hembo Slice. Uh, I think Mad Dog is pretty much the only thing that Evan calls me, which I'm okay with. Why does Evan call you Mad Dog? Because I requested to be called Mad Dog. Um, That's pretty good. Um, so what about, um, uh, I'm just looking at my old list. Like what if I had on my, on, it was like just no, no explanation. And just on the, I just said old leather fingers. <laughs> that would be pretty good, right? Like uh, I could, I could do that. Um, I mean, rap just, game Rogers Hornsby, I think would be a good one. You have very uh, long nicknames. I'm looking for something a little shorter. Switchblade. Switchblade, yes. Switchblade right. is very good. All right, sweet. <laughs> all right, all right. Switchblade, thank you oh, very much. But also, for, because it's Players Weekend, I thought like it would be funny to do like he also hate me, <laughs> and, or like he hate me too, in because of the XFL guy. And so to the to the second part of that question, like yeah, I think absolutely all leagues should have an opportunity for players to have nicknames on their jerseys just because it's funny. Oh, it's too, it's super funny. And I love Sports it. Anything. For fun, right? Who cares? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. You should be able to put whatever you want on your nickname, uh, whatever you want on your Jersey every single day, <laughs> change it up. Like on every, no players weekend or anything, just whatever. It's for fun. Whatever you want to put on the back, as long as you're not like using it to sell something, then great. And even if you are, who cares? <laughs> just put, put, you know, then I'll know you're a sellout. And if it says like, you know, body armor presents Ted Berg on your jersey. I'll know what's going on, and I won't buy your jersey. But just whatever you want on there, just put on there. I don't, I don't. It doesn't have to be your last name. I just whatever you want to be called. I, I think maybe nicknames. it's Necro Bishop. You know, <laughs> like if you're like a metal guy, you have like a crazy metal name on your back. On your back, that would be cool. We have. Um, I know a guy whose real name is Mike, but everybody just calls him Lone Star. And I think that's a great nickname. That's amazing. How did he work that out? (laughs) Well, he's in a band with three other guys named Mike, and he's from Texas, so they just started calling him Lone Star. That's amazing. Lone Star is such a good nickname. This is Spaceballs reference, too. Oh, I'm so envious of your friend Mike. (laughs) It's such a good nickname. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Um... Damn, damn it. <laughs> Lone Star. Uh... Alright guys. Uh Switchblade, thanks for hanging out and talking nicknames with us. Thank you guys for listening. I guess this is Switchblade and Mad Dog signing off. <laughs>